You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles whilst you're still standing, please turn together with me to Romans chapter number 8 as we run along in our assignment today, Growing Up Sons, part number 2. It's getting deeper, getting sweeter with Jesus. Growing Up Sons, part number 2, for a subtitle, Kingdom Principles for Making Christ-Like Disciples. Romans 8, 17, 18, 19. My preferred version is the Amplified Classic. If you will please put it up, AMPC, as we read together the Word of God. We stand for kings and governors and presidents. Certainly we can stand for Jesus. We stand in honor of the Word today. Shall we together read as a family, Romans 8, 17 to 19, Amplified Classic, if you would, at the count of three. One, two, three, go. And if we are his children... Then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us for even the whole creation, all nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. We can go home with that. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is clear that sons momentarily are covered. Waiting for their unveiling or their disclosing to their world. And the world is waiting for something. Not just something, but for someone. Not just someone, but for a people. Let's engage in a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the honor and the joy to gather again under this open heavens. It is truly unto you, the God of all flesh, the Father of all spirit, we're gathered again. I beseech you, my Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven and on the lips and the tongues of clay of the seven son of yours, that today I will come to your people with nothing but the thus said the Lord. Help me to speak expressly your counsel. Overlook my shortcomings, my inadequacies, and help me speak expressly your very word. Let devils be terrified. Let your church, those here and those online across the nations be edified. And let Jesus alone be glorified with us always to return the praise, the glory, the honor back unto you. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. 
whilst you're seated, tell your neighbor, it's time to grow up. Hallelujah. In part one, we made efforts to lay a foundation regarding this series. I want to begin by reminding you that we saw the importance and the necessity of growing up into spiritual maturity. We began to compare the growth that is found in a natural being, natural person who is born as a little child or a baby, grows to be a child, grows to be a son, grows to mature, in a like manner also, very comparable to what happens to a spiritual child that is born again. As the name infers, you are born again. As you're born again, you're born into childhood or born into babyhood stage. Bible declares in 1 Peter 2, 2, where to desire the sincere milk of the word of God as God's own children. We see something very interesting in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. We've done some justice on this particular subject matter of the spirit, soul, and body many, many months ago. But it says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That word holy is not H-O-L-Y as in sanctification or holiness, but rather it's W-H-O-L-L-Y speaks of completeness. May God, the God of peace, sanctify you completely. And he goes on to show us what it takes for you to be complete. What is that? And I pray God, your whole, all right, your whole spirit, number one, and soul, number two, Number three, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you are made up of three parts. You are a trinity of sorts, spirit, soul, and body. And God is saying, I am interested in all three. I'm interested in your physical well-being, your prosperity, your safety, your preservation, your protection. But I'm also interested in your soul. What happens to your psyche, your emotion, your will, your choices. I'm very interested. But I'm also very interested in your spirit being. And I want you to be sanctified and made whole in the spiritual realm, in the sonical realm, and also in the physical realm. Very, very important. We're beginning to see an example of Jesus, how it was. He grew as a child in these three dimensions. And if Jesus grew, we also need to grow. You see, the first Adam really did not grow. He was born a full man. Yeah. There was... No indication in scripture he was created as a baby and went through adolescence and to adulthood and maturity. There was no indication in the scriptures. But that was the first Adam. But we see in the last Adam, the second man Jesus, he was clearly born as a baby. You know he was born in a manger. And he is the example that we are to emulate. That God expects you as a believer, born again, child of God, to undergo the necessary process of spiritual development and growth. Bible declares in Luke 2.40. And the child grew, please write down, 
this is Jesus' example. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The child grew. Who is the child here in question? Jesus grew. He grew in spirit. He was filled with wisdom. And great grace was upon him. Look at 52 of the same chapter. Luke 2, 52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Physically he grew. Right. But also says, And he was in favor with God and with man. So you can say he grew spiritually. He grew solically in his soul. He grew also in his physical body. By the way, when you have found favor with God, you will automatically have favor with men. So your, 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 your struggle or quote unquote, your efforts should not be to struggle to get men to favor you, just get favor from God. He grew in favor, had favor before God and before men. Beloved, a disciple basically is a lifetime learner. The school of discipleship is one you enter, you don't quite graduate. It's important. So you never become so spiritual that you cease to become a disciple of Jesus. God expects you to grow from grace to grace, from glory to glory. So no matter where you find yourself to be, by way of your spiritual level today, there is another level requisite of God for you to grow spiritually. In the words of Jesus, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, please write down, I'm very intentional over the next few weeks, to spend quality time in teaching. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28, let's read together, 28, 29, and 30, if you will please. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Mm. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. What is that yoke? It is the yoke of being enrolled as a lifetime disciple of Jesus. It's a yoke. It's not likened under the kind of yoke we speak about. I'm under bondage. I'm on, no, 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 no. It's a yoke of subscribing to be a lifetime student of Jesus. It's a yoke. So disciples are yoked to their masters. But he says, when you come to me, I will give you rest. The president cannot give you rest. The governor cannot give you rest. Nothing or no one can give you rest. Only Jesus can give you rest. Many things may pacify you. A new car may pacify you. Wedding ceremony may pacify you somewhat. The delivery of your babies may pacify you. Breakthrough may pacify you, but ultimately the one singular thing or person that can satisfy the inner yearnings of every soul is Jesus. 
Life becomes an exercise in futility without discovering Jesus. You can have all of the things in the world, the trappings of wealth and opulence and all of that, but without Jesus, it's just empty to have things without the God of things. To come unto me, not a thing, not principles, but unto a person. Come unto me, I'm the giver of rest. I don't know what you're laboring under this beautiful Sunday morning, but I have got new, good news for you. Jesus has got the answer. He is the answer to every of questions of mankind. In the natural, in the spiritual, in the realm of the soul, psychologically, emotionally, relationally, academically, Jesus has got the answer. What could be your question this morning? You're wondering, when will he show up? Jesus has got the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on to me and I will give you rest. I want us to look at some traits or some distinctions distinguishing factors between a child and a son. One of the things we saw last Sunday was this. Apostle Paul declared in 1 Corinthians 13 11, please write, 1 Corinthians 13 11, that when I was a child, I speak as a child, I understood as a child and I thought as a child. So three areas distinguish a child from a son. One, thinking, speaking, understanding. So that's one area of categorization. Your thoughts, your word, your level of understanding. But we want to look at some more distinguishing factors between a child and a son. And the purpose of this exercise is for you to look inward, contemplate, reflect, and ask yourself, where exactly am I in the journey of spiritual growth? Am I at this end of the pendulum or moving towards spiritual sonship and maturity? Number one. A child is easily impressionable. You can easily impress a child. Things impress a child easily. A father can tell a child that is two or three, that son, when you grow up at the age of 12, I'm going to buy you a jet. I'm going to buy you a plane. And the child will get so excited because it's just so easy to impress and to believe, quote unquote. Having said that, it also means that the child can easily be swayed by any and every kind of teaching or doctrine. Ephesians 4.14 that we henceforth be no more who? Talk to me church. Who? Children. So this is referring to children whether spiritual children or physical children but in this case spiritual children so that that we henceforth be no more children why toss to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in way to deceive. So a child can easily pick up any and every doctrine. That's why in the wake of access to teachings online, offline, it is incumbent upon you as a believer to watch what diet you take. 
One wrong diet can mess up your faith. Oh, it's a world of access. Many attend four services per Sunday. They serve from A, B, C, D. Whilst the access can be helpful, the access can be dangerous if you're not discerning of what you're feeding. I'm telling you something. And it's not everything that glitters that is gold. It takes discernment to separate truth from false. Because the very word deceit, by way of the word means, the person deceived does not know he or she is deceived. Easily swayed by winds of doctrines. A spiritual child can be moved by hype, by razzmatazz, by unwilly entertainment and excitement, but a son goes for substance. A, a son will ask you, right, after all of the hype is over, after all of the razzmatazz, I, I want substance I can live by. I, I want something I can use to stand against the devil when and if he knocks on my door. That's a son. Number two, a child lives largely for self. Hmm. Remember, use these points to examine where you are in the ladder of growth. Lives for self, not for others. So he's largely in tune with me, myself, and I syndrome. By nature, a child is self-centered. Life begins and ends with the person in mind. On the contrary, a spiritual son goes beyond the overt need for self, for self-preservation, self-aggrandizement, self-protection, and all of self to think of the well-being of others and the well-being of the kingdom of God. Though at the age 12, you would have called Jesus a child, but he was living beyond his age, number 12. What did he say? In Luke 2, 49, having gone into the temple to, to discuss with leaders and, 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 and the scribes of that day and age, and Mother Mary and Father Joseph, looking for him, came by and said, Hey, Jesus, where have you been? He said, Don't you know I must be about my father's business? So sons go beyond the care and attention of self, their business, to their father's business. Are you here with me? Track with me. Number three. A child lives in the moment and for the moment. Doesn't see beyond tomorrow or beyond the now. So a child will earn 100,000 hours today and the child will blow it. Can't think of savings. Can't think of investment. A child can't think of the future. Can't think of eternity. Just now. That's why a child is easily tripped in sexual sins. Because he's living for the pleasure. For the two, three minutes rush. Fails to understand a two, three minute rush can 
<laughs> can finish and cut short your destiny. Moses, who was really, in a sense, in a position to be the hair of Pharaoh, Bible declares in Hebrews 11, that he chose to suffer with the children of Israel, to identify with their sufferings, rather than to stand in such a seemingly worthy place as a son of Pharaoh. He identified with the suffering of the people because he knew, he knew there was glory set before them. So a son will make choices today based on what he or she expects to see in tomorrow. Hello somebody? Praise God. So sons can sacrifice today's pleasure for tomorrow's abundance. So sons understand what it means as it were to curb their appetite for the future. That's why as a father and as a mother, as you train your children, you teach them on the principle of how to save for tomorrow. How to make sacrifices today for tomorrow's permanent or more long-lasting pleasure. Number what? Four. A child needs to be instructed. A child needs to be told what to do. Make your bed. Eat your vegetables. They are good for you. Reduce Coke and Fanta. Take plenty of water. It's good for you. Hmm? Don't eat too much carbohydrate. Talk to somebody right now. Eat more vegetables so you can lose weight. <laughs> A child needs to be instructed. The Bible declares in Hebrews 5.12. Let's read together. 5.12 and 13. Very important scripture for these teachings. Please turn there. I know you love preaching in this house. It's a house of a preacher. And preaching can become an addictive. But you need to be weaned from the addiction of preaching. Preach and teach. Jesus taught. He preached and confirmed what he preached and taught by miracles and wonders. All three are important. Teaching, preaching, and the workings of miracle of the confirmation of the word preached and taught. And he said in Isaiah 44, 26, that he will confirm the words his servants and messengers speak. So when we speak his word, we don't confirm his word. He is responsible to confirm his word. And when he confirms his word, nobody can share his glory but him. That's why there are many things you used to struggle over. But as you came to church, you sat under good teachings, good preaching. Hello, the light of God's word began to send light into a dark place of your life. Within days and weeks, the things that you were struggling with, somehow you look around and say, wait a minute, I don't feel this thing anymore. I don't dream these dreams anymore. Somebody sent a testimony on GPPA. I'm not sure where from or wherever it was. He said to me, he said that I have joined GPPA, but, but, but before I joined GPPA, I used to have some nasty, bad, evil dreams. But as I continue to pray on the altar, I just realized those dreams don't repeat anymore. Is that deliverance? That is word deliverance. And there are many of such in this house. You see, when the word of the light delivers you, the word will keep you delivered. 
John 8 31 if you continue in my word you will be my what disciples that's why we are be my disciples my students and you will know the truth and the truth you know will make you free listen God wants his light to shine into your heart to the degree that no devil no wrong doctrine can confuse you anymore he wants you to be so stuffed with light that even if you step out to go anywhere else you're so rooted and grounded in his word that nothing will root you out or pull you out of where you are somebody shout light it's a good thing for the eyes to see light light so Hebrews 5 12 for when for the time you ought to be teachers so they say time we ought to be teachers you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles underscore the word principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need see the word again milk of milk and not of strong meat for every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe so babes feed on a spiritual diet that is milk and sons feed on a spiritual diet that is meat and bone another categorization but in this one, a son does not need to be instructed to know what to do. A son who grows up, gets a degree, begins to work, does not need to be told that he or she should support the family where he came from. And it's not because your daddy needs or your mother needs is a mark of honor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Please, you don't give to your parents because they are broke. If you gave to them for that reason, uh, you don't get the full benefit of honoring your father and your mother. You don't give them because they are in need. You give them because it's a part of your responsibility as a son to father and mother. <laughs> Whether rich or poor. My father of blessed memory was not broke. But as a son, there are times I took very deliberate gifts to him. Checks, dollars, and other gifts. What? As a mark of honor. He didn't ask for it. A responsible son will not need to be told what to do. As a son in a house like this, you don't need to be told that the roof is leaking to fix it. <laughs> you don't need to be cajoled at all. Oh, there's something called GPPA. And there are bills paid there. You don't need to be told, oh, they're actually on a building project. When last did you hear me talk about building project? Or GPPA money? Why? As sons... You don't need to be told to be involved. But children have to be wound, cajoled, 
encourage don't you know don't you know the speaker at all the companies pretend don't you know no some see around the kingdom and identifying it and they pluck the needs hello somebody sons are not cajoled to serve in the kingdom no it's their father's house hello somebody the house is quiet today I understand why <laughs> sons understand this principle what is it Psalm 92 12 and 13 they that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They understand when they are planted. The word plant means to be rooted. When you are planted, you don't move from one pot to the other, from one church to the other, from one house. No, planted means rooted and grounded. Planted means that you are involved, you are stable. Right? He that is planted in the house of God Hey, hey, you will flourish in the courts. That means your involvement in the house, in the church, will determine your result on the job, your result in the business. You may wonder, what is the correlation? There is a correlation. What is the correlation of Joshua gaining victory in a battle against the Amalekites in Exodus 17? The correlation is this. There was Moses on the mountain. And as long as his hands were raised left and right, there was victory for Joshua in the battle. Joshua wasn't fighting by power, by might. The result Joshua got in the valley had to do with Moses' position to God. They that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in their courts. Some of you don't know how and why the dynamics and the mechanics, how it is in your job amongst 10 that were due for promotion. Somehow it was you that was chosen. Guess what? Maybe you're doing something in the house of the Lord. That caused you to stand out amongst your people. The Bible says, by favor, you've caused me to stand out of the mountain. Amongst a crowd, favor will distinguish you. So are you planted in the house of the Lord? Are you waiting to be invited to be a worker? To be a tither? To be a giver? Then maybe you're still in the childhood level and you're about to grow up with these teachings. Shout a big amen. <laughs> Can I share a testimony? One person in this house met me many months ago and said, man of God, how much does it cost to do a gathering event? Somebody say gathering. I did not call the person. A son came to meet a father. What does it cost? To execute a gathering event. I said, okay, I'll get back to you. I called my office, run the budget. What's the exact figure? They punched the calculator, we have our facts in place. I presented it to him. He said, okay, count on me that at least 80% of the figure you gave me, I will make available for the next gathering. That's a son. Did he fulfill his promise? He did. 
Not at the same level because Gazan body was dropped this year, but he did it. That is not. Ah, please, oh, please come on. Ah, we, we have to pay bills or oh, TV. If we don't pay, we shut that. No, 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 no. Sons ought to know what needs to be done in the house of their father and rise up to it. What that showed me was this that God is raising people to sonship to the point where I believe the day will come that one person will fund Rhea IC in London, one will form the one in Amsterdam, in Tokyo, in Las Vegas, in London. One person will build a school for the church, one will build a sanctuary for the church. What am I saying? Sons on the rise, and I hope you are part of the sons that God is raising here it may be a child and hard and can just hold it. yeah yeah no you see i don't know about you but when i hear such testimonies i don't think i want to get from I, I i want to be the one doing what that man is doing but you know people who have a a mindset of victim beggarly mindset hey, hey now wow now one person do i'm okay i go home my own children now if one person feed up mm. You need to grow up. I need to grow up. Hallelujah. Praise God somebody. Praise God somebody. Number what? Number five or six? I'm not sure what number now. But whatever number you have there, that's fine. A baby struggles with carnality. While a son has kicked away carnality. Look at 1 Corinthians 3. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Things are happening here. Mm, they're happening here. The supernatural is happening every day. Miracles are happening every day. Signs and wonders are happening every day. Oh, yeah. First Corinthians 3, verse number 1 and 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For there, hitherto you were not able to bear it. Wow. Neither yet now are ye able. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk Said, I couldn't speak to you because you were babes and carnal. So babes are described as carnal Christians. So if you're carnal in any area, in that area of your life, you're a spiritual baby. You need to grow up. So the essence of this is examine yourself and see where you are in the ladder of growth and development. And many times, truth be told, we overestimate and overrate our level of spirituality. That's, that's the honest truth. Why to ask you skill 0 to 10 where you are now? You probably say 7, 8, 9, 10. That's truth. That's what you say. I believe most many will say that. Yeah. But, but when God looks at you and me based on some of this categorization, we will not be where we think we are. So really, really, this is to show you and I, we need to grow up. Hi. And the thing is this, let me say it again. I began with that. That you think that God or you are waiting on God. Oh God, I'm waiting for you. Oh God, breakthrough. Oh God, oh God, oh God. But the truth be told is that many times God is waiting for you and me to grow up, to catch up. Because as long 
as and hears, Galatians 4 verse 1 and 2, is a child, right? He remains under governors and tutors until such a time appointed by the Father. Or a time appointed. So God is saying, I'm waiting for sons. And the world is saying, we are waiting for sons. So God is waiting, the world is waiting. Romans 8, 19. The entire world waiting for the church to rise up to maturity, to the place of rulership. It is in Psalm 110 verse 3. Out of Zion, he will send his rod to rule in the midst of his enemies. So sons have what it takes to rule in the midst of adversity. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Let's look again what I've titled here. Four indications of the level of spiritual growth and maturity. Four indications of a person's spiritual growth and maturity. I'm only using different ways to just categorize it. I used First Corinthians thirteen eleven when I was a child. When I became a, when I was a child, I speak as a child, thought as a child, understood, and I showed the second part. Now the third part. Four indications. Number one. Ah. Spiritual maturity is indicated, number one, by the degree, wow, I love this one, of transformation of a believer, please listen, into Christ-likeness. The degree to which Christ has formed in you, you've learned Christ, you are walking like Christ, you are living like Christ, you are talking like Christ, is indicative of your spiritual maturity. Take the scripture down. Please write. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18. Now, the Lord is that spirit. Wow. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Some say liberty. All right. But we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. Hmm. So the point here is this for a mature believer wow you've engaged in the process of metamorphosis to look like Jesus or to resemble Jesus by two things by the help of the Holy Spirit, number one, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Number two, by gazing into the Word with open face, no veil, no mask, right? Beholding us in the Word, you are being changed, wow, into the same image. How do you get changed from one level of glory to the next level of glory. So your maturity is determined to the degree and extent you have been processed in Christ-likeness. Is that okay? Praise God. Number two, very quickly. Wow. The degree of your intimacy with the Holy Ghost will also express and determine 
the degree of your maturity or the degree of your engagement in discipleship. What did I say? The degree of your intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I'll explain. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, your enemies, 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed, they belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the things of the Lord. So, there are things of secret. Track with me, please. Don't lose your focus. We're almost there. They are things of secret and they belong to God. It's wonderful. That's easy to understand. God holds secret. They belong to him. But interestingly enough, the things that are secret to God are made known or revealed to certain category of people on the earth. Who are they? Let's find out. So they're secrets to him, right? But it says, when they are revealed, they belong to us and our children. The question is, who does God reveal his secrets to? Look at this. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord, same phrase, right? The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him or them that love him. And he will show them his covenant. So he reveals his secrets to those who love him and those who reverence him or if you like those who fear him so who are those people who love him who fear him we'll find out amos 3 7 surely the lord will do nothing nothing but he reveals see the word reveal again he reveals his secret unto his servants the prophets this is not only those who stand in the office of the prophet necessarily, but those who love him, right? Those who fear him. Those who are walking with him in the place of intimacy. Wow. So, there are a category of people on the earth who are believers. Please listen. Who have walked their way and walked their way. Listen carefully. Into a place called friendship with God. They have worked their way and walked their way. It was said of, help me Lord, Enoch, thank you very much. Genesis 5, 12 or 22, 24, there about. That Enoch walked with God and he was no more. The word there is walked, W-A-L-K-E-D. So there was a walking together. So Enoch walked with God and he was no more because God took him. Guess what? I believe that God enjoyed the pleasure and the company of Enoch. <laughs> Enoch, let's continue our conversation beyond the earth plane. Guess what? That's a friend of God. You've sang, I am a friend of God. It's good to sing it, but the question is, have you paid the price to be a friend of God? He reveals his secret to friends, but he knows he can bank and trust on friends. He called one such friend as Paul in, in Acts 9 and said, and said to Ananias, Ananias, you go and pray for Paul. He called Saul then that, 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 that I will show him the things he must of need suffer for me as a friend. 
Some guys can't handle pain. But the friends of God can handle pain. As preachers say, they can take a licking and keep on ticking because they know beyond the momentary pain, there's glory on the other side. Hello, somebody. There's some people who cannot go through what you're going through right now for the kingdom and for Jesus. But God knows you can handle it. Can I encourage somebody under the sound of this preacher? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the test, the trouble, the travail, the difficulty, uh, whatever it is. But I want to remind you, you can handle it. Why? First Corinthians 10, 13 says that God will not allow you to be tested, tried more than you are able. You've got what it takes to handle it. You won't crumble, you won't fail, you won't falter. Look up, beyond men, look up, your help comes. He's your strengthener, he's the glory and the lifter of your head. There's some people who can handle what you're going through. Or perhaps God is making a friend out of you. Friend. The word friend is a covenant word. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You've heard it said before, blood is thicker than water. But I say, spirit is thicker than blood. Spirit is friendship. It's a covenant word. Can God trust you with pain? Can God trust you with delays? I know it's not a very common gospel to be preached. Uh, but I can give you Bible on and on and on. Look at John chapter 11. The Bible says that there were people who were called the friends of Jesus. Who? Mary, Martha and Lazarus. You see, Jesus had friends. He went there to find some refreshing and some relaxation. Preachers have friends. Hello somebody? And the friend of a preacher is the person he will come to meet and you're not really all about use your anointing to curse, to lift a curse from me, to break the jinx, but he just pours back to you. It's not about what I want to pull. It's just refreshing. There are some people I am with, I'm not working, I'm relaxed. <laughs> am I helping you? I play tennis. I try to play twice a week. One way to relax. Each time I bang the ball, I bang devil's head. Wow, you devil. Wow. That's relaxation. But you know what? When Jesus heard his friend Lazarus was dead, he delayed two days. I thought you are my friend. I thought you would show up when I cried for her breakthrough. Yet, he delayed. My preaching to somebody this morning. It's not to everybody. No. Some are in kindergarten, but you know what God is telling you right now. It's not because you've sinned, not because you've wronged God. Maybe it's because you are being trained to become a friend of God. I can't tell you the pain I've been through my life. It's almost unbelievable. From cradle, from birth till now, pain. But guess what? There are marks in my body. I can say with Apostle Paul, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord. Hands forth, let no man trouble me. What? I'm being trained to be a friend of God. He delayed. 
for two days and two more days to get to Lazarus. By the time he got to Lazarus, his friend was dead, dead. Not just dead, dead, dead. Could it be he allowed your situation and circumstance to be dead, dead before he shows up for you? You've got to understand God is God. He's able, he's able to, to cause the sick to be well, but he's also able to raise the dead. You know, there was a Jewish philosophy that when people die three days, the spirit of the dead still hovers around the grave. But after the third day, the spirit has gone, that person can come back. So I want to believe that Jesus wanted to show that I can raise people who men say can be raised again. I believe for somebody under the sound of my voice, you are qualified for a resurrection testimony. Your money is coming back. Your health is coming back. Your joy is coming back. Your job is coming back. The lost grounds and lost territories they are coming back. Martha said I know in the resurrection my brother shall rise. And no I am the resurrection and the life. I am what you want me to be. He said to Moses go tell them I am sent you. I am sent me to tell you today he can be to you for you what you want him to be. A friend of God. I close with this. Abraham, a friend of God. Genesis 18, 17. And we'll pray. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and a mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him shall I hide from Abraham look at James 2.23 and the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God Rise up on your feet. Father, thank you. Can you ask for grace to become a friend of God? Intimacy with the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Oh, open up the channels. Akosane of my spirit. Kalabosi and tenehes. I thought somebody would be praying and asking the Lord this hour. Oh, for a deeper walk, a deeper walk. Please pray. We have just two minutes to do this. For those who are joining across the nations, please pray where you are. Pray where you are. The entire world groans and travails in pain, waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons. I believe sons are rising here. Yes, yes, yes. Sons, sons, sons that will take responsibility. No need to cajole, to manipulate, to coerce. No, no, no. Just take responsibility for your father's house. That I must be about my father's kingdom. Lord, we pray for grace to grow up. We lay aside everything that is childish, the mundane, the little foxes, the arguments here and there. Grace 
Thank you, Jesus. I'll give you the praise. Beloved, the first step to becoming a son is to become a child of God. He said, for ye must be born again. You're born again as a child of God. Then you grow up to become a son of God. If you're uncertain of your eternal well-being, you're not saved, you're not safe. You're not saved, you're not safe. You're not saved because you've not embraced the Savior. This morning, across the nations and in this room, you're saying, man of God, pray with me. I want to turn my entire life to this Jesus. Wherever you are, just shoot your right hand to the sky. Right hand, wherever you are. Or perhaps you're saying, I recommit and rededicate my life. Go ahead, wherever you are. Zibaloska. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Wherever you are, across the nations, let's pray. If your hands are raised, raise it up until an usher puts a card in your hand. Pray with me in this room and across the nations. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, keep your hand up until an usher comes to you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart as I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all of my sins. From today, in the company of the saints, I declare and decree that Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, this hour, I enroll myself for discipleship. Grace to grow, grace to grow, to become not just your child, but to become your son. I give you the praise and the glory for it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, everybody raise your hand to the Lord. Let me speak one word about your life. Father, we thank you for what it is you're doing in our hearts. Thank you for what is a small, still voice that is penetrating hearts, realigning, rearranging. Wow, Kuskia, causing children to rise up to sonship and maturity. Father, thank you. Thank you that by your grace we'll be amongst the sons emerging in our time, in our generation, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I join hearts and faith with these precious sons and daughters of yours. As their face is the fur, so their needs are fur. So I decree and declare by your mercy that you reach out to all at the point of their needs. Yokes destroyed, burdens lifted. Release grace, oh God, to as many who have been enrolled into sonship to be able to endure what we need to endure as sons. Thank you, Father Lord. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' wondrous name, we pray. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic dot org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life and for real-time ministry you can follow apostle goodheart on twitter the handle is 
at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.